A Song and a Friend podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 7. Our opening act is a conversation with the songwriter Eric Stiles. And our headliner is his song, Indiana Skies. Throughout this second season, we've been looking at the various spaces in which music gets made. We've been to the alley next to a rock club. We've been in and out of practice spaces. We've been out of tour vans and vehicles. We've been to coffee house stages. And today, we are going to the great outdoors. We are going to the artist's retreat. My experience with getting to know Eric and his friends and group of songwriters was that they were not in competition with one another, and they would get as equally, if not more, excited about their friends' great ideas than they were of their own. They took community seriously. Every artist needs some kind of a retreat a place that they can go to where they remember that it is the joy of making music that is more important than the value that any external party puts upon it. So much so that this group of musical friends would secure physical spaces in which to gather and forget about time and focus on their relationships, listen to each other's ideas and performances. The sacredness, if you will, of this community followed Eric in his heart to Melbourne, Australia, where he has lived with his family for the past several years, and he finds meaningful ways of connecting with his songwriting friends back in Indiana via virtual means, and you'll hear about that as we talk. So enjoy my conversation with Eric, and then after that, his song, Indiana Skies. Hello, everyone. This is your old pal, Tom Tom, here, and I'm talking today with Eric Stiles, uh, and we're featuring the song Indiana Skies, a song that he wrote, and he'll tell us more about that in a minute. But first, um, I would like to give you a chance, Eric, to introduce yourself and tell the fine listeners uh, who you are and a little bit about the world as you inhabit it. Well, thanks so much for having me, first off. Uh, it's great sure. to be here. Um, so yeah, I'm a, uh, a sometimes singer and songwriter, uh, originally from Dayton, Ohio. Um, but I've spent a lot of time in Indiana and for the past almost decade have, uh, lived in Melbourne, Australia. Um, so I came over here for 
two years, uh, nine years ago, and uh, just never, never quite made my way back. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> and um, I've been lucky to play in um, some really good bands, uh, both back in the US and uh, here in Australia, um, and play a little bit of uh, solo stuff every now and then. Uh, but as a somewhat new parent, uh, it's it's way uh, less frequent than than it used to be. Um, right. So keep writing. Uh, and and uh, I think I'll always be writing and playing. Um, but the the performance uh, angle of that kind of ebbs and flows with life really you know sure it does it does uh, earlier in the season uh my friend sean mentioned how all rock stars have a pretty mundane existence for for most of the hours of the day <laughs> yeah yeah and uh yeah. you won't find me caring i'm not coming back i got somewhere to go it's been a long time coming and a strong wind to blow Yeah, I I remember very very well going back in your time in Indian, Indianapolis with with the Odyssey favor you and Chad doing things and uh, being very very active in that scene putting out cool music videos and and all of that and playing the different clubs and I think it was through Dan Hawthorne that we became connected. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, you were a friend of his I think um, from college. Is that right? I have known Dan since college, though we didn't go to the same college, but we did okay. play in a band together. We I went to uh, Wittenberg in Springfield, Ohio, and Dan went to Ball State, and they're two hours away from each other. We should not have been in a band together, um, but it was just, <laughs> you know, you meet those kindred spirits. Yeah, uh, you do. And it's like, all right, I'm going to make this work, you know, even if it involves yes. a lot of driving. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Yep. Right. I don't, and just personally, I'm curious. We didn't talk about it off mic. I, um, I'm curious about music making in Australia. How does that compare to making music in the Midwest? It's, it's similar to the way that the Midwest felt in the nineties to me. Oh, cool. Um, it's yeah, it's, there's, there are a lot of, well, and, and I'm speaking really just for Melbourne cause that's all that I really know of, of Australia, okay. but it, and, and Melbourne is kind of the music capital of Australia. All right. Um, but it is, there is so much live music here to be had. Um, and it, it's a culture that really appreciates live music, um, and in, in all its forms. So beautiful at any given point, you can kind of go find a punk show, a country show, mm -hmm. a rock show, a classical, you know, jazz, it's just all there, which is really, really great. And it, it did feel like a little bit of a throwback when I first got here. Um, and, and also people go to see music and then listen to the music, wow. which uh, can be a rarity. <laughs> you know, it's a, there's a lot of times I've gone to see somebody um, in Indianapolis and you know, it'd be like an acoustic uh, act and sure, people are just standing there talking through the whole thing. Like, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, we all paid to get in. What are you doing? Um, so there, there's there's a lot more attention and focus uh, on it uh, here, which 
to me is great. You know, it, I, I kind of feel like a kid in a candy shop, honestly. Um, and I was lucky enough when I first got here to live in um, a suburb called Fitzroy, which is sort of like the Brooklyn of, of Melbourne. I mean, it's okay. uh, uh, way, way cooler uh, than I am. It just, I was really dragging the average down, but it was just, you walk out the door and there's like six different clubs, uh, you know, that you can get to in five minutes that are going to have different kind of bands and, and that sort of thing. So. Wow. Neat, neat. You were mentioning also off mic about making your yearly trip back to the States. It sounds like we need to make a pilgrimage to to come see you. You should. I, I highly recommend it. It's uh yeah. Although, you know, do it at your own peril because some of us just get stuck here. And, That's right. Uh, <laughs> you, you think you're coming for the short term and you wind up living here. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I want to give you a chance to describe or introduce the song Indiana Skies that is featured today. Uh, for our listeners, um, in your own inimitable fashion, what does it uh, mean to you, and how did it come about? Uh, it's it's one of those songs that's kind of evolved for me. Um, so initially, I wrote it. It's probably been five years ago, four or five years ago, um, okay. and I wrote it specifically about this cabin uh, that I used to have in North Vernon, Indiana, which is about 20 minutes outside of Columbus. Um, and it was just this little cabin on acre and a half of land uh, with a creek running next to it mm -hmm. uh, that was just my happy place, really. Um, and so I, um, we, we would have these musical weekends at the cabin where a bunch of the people that you've already named as well as a, a bunch of other people um, would come bring a guitar, hang out around a campfire and just sort of let the rest of the world melt away for a weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just one of those one of those places, I, I think we were talking earlier about um, meeting through Dan Hawthorne and yeah. um, Dan Hawthorne used to have um, the lounge, the lounge uh, that, yes. that we played at many times. And it was one of those those places that would just you kind of walked in. It was like, oh, I, I, I feel home, you know, and, and I know that interesting people are going to be here and people who are really just open and accepting and something musical is going to happen. And that's kind of all I need, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so this cabin was the same, same sort of way. Um, and yeah, so when I had been in Australia for a while, it, it became very apparent that I wasn't going to be able to maintain a cabin on the other side of the world and had uh, called in a lot of favors to a lot of really good friends uh, just to take care of stuff that I, I couldn't uh -huh. take care of, you know, because of proximity and all of that. So I'd been thinking a lot about that cabin. And when I think of the cabin, I, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't a memory. It was a feeling really, sure. you know? And so I kind of transport to that feeling of just, it's not exactly serenity, but it's that mix of sort of serenity and excitement that anything might happen, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, um, and this place where the that low level hum of uh, anxiety that we, the world can bring us just sort of melts away. Um, yeah. And, and so that was kind of really the impetus of, of that song was just thinking of this 
this cabin and these times that we've had at the cabin. Um, and there are a few lines in there that, that are kind of referencing to things like that. So there's a line about, um, if we can get the car out tomorrow with all the strength we can borrow. Yes. Uh, so this, this cabin had a, a gravel driveway that went downhill to get to it. Right. Uh, and so everybody would drive the cars down there. And then if it rained, it was like, oh, how are we going to get the cars back up? You know, <laughs> so it was yes. always, always some pushing and some mud splattering and gravel spraying and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so, so yeah, so there's really some specific stuff around that uh, within that song. But then as time has gone on, it's, it's come to be more just sort of that general, um, that general feeling that I get when I come back to Indiana and get to see all of you guys and sure. you know, get to see these people that I love and miss. And, um, and, and so I think some of that actually has been sort of transferred to Rab Scudalooza. Yes, it has. Music festival, you know, and, um, right. And so it's, that's kind of that, that carries on that feeling to me. And I think mm -hmm. that I, sort of transferred that to you know to to yeah the feeling of that song to that experience. i just i just thought of something uh i think i hadn't put this together before i know how important the cabin was to to you guys and i was a big part of the lounge and how important that was to me in some ways rob's gotta lose is maybe the best of both because you have the the farm setting you're out yeah. in the trees and uh things are slowed down they're not hurried then you have the same 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 people and interplay of of the of the the rock and roll side of the lounge. Yeah. It's it's really kind of a marrying of the two spheres. Yeah, it's yeah, really a neat thing. And it's it's swung back to that original lounge thing where it's Dan instead of me that has to figure out what to do with all the empty beer cans and all of that <laughs> stuff uh, after yes. the fun times happen. So you know, right. I'm, I'm definitely pro that. <laughs> cool. Well, there, there are some things in your lived experience that that really connected with me uh, that I think one just occurred to me in our conversation today, and one from uh, last summer. But uh, I grew up uh, at the end of a half mile dirt driveway and so i know that experience of oh we had a really huge rain and you know cars getting stuck up to the axles and, yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff um i've lived that that's that's a cool <laughs> thing that that touches my life and it was in indiana too but um last summer it was uh, when we had the festival it was very rainy for the first part of the day you were one of the first few acts or outside and it had just kind of finished raining or it was just, you know, slowing up. Before it all became so hectic, so digital and electric, we used to sit around and watch the rain. From a rocking chair on the front porch, the rain... And you had that line, uh, before it all became so hectic, so digital and electric, we used to sit around and watch the rain. And that was something I remember growing up with in Indiana because we've got these big fields and you can watch, you know, the storms come across the the flatlands as it were. Yeah. And then if there'd be a big thunderstorm, we'd go out to the front porch and stand under the awning and just yeah. feel it rush past you. And it was just a cool mixture of memory and moment of it. It was raining at Dan's house and you were playing this song and talking about finding places of serenity but it also 
made me say, ouch, yeah, the world has gotten very digital and electric and very, very hectic. And I think some of that is just a function of maybe age and increasing responsibility that would have happened regardless of historical era. But I do think that the digital age is maybe possibly unnecessarily too hectic, you know? And so uh, it places that you describe like the cabin are really, really important. You know, yeah. Little, yeah. Little, little sanctuaries. No. And I, I think those places where, um, you like one of the greatest things about the cabin was the terrible cell phone reception. Uh, and so <laughs> yeah. it was sort of like you could get, if you walked up to the top of the hill and, you know, held your phone up to your chin, just right, you could send a text, but sure. you're not, you're not having phone conversations. Nobody's getting a hold of you unless you're trying to let them. Uh, and those places are just fewer and further between now, you know? Right. So I think you're um, right. Yeah. So I think that was, that was one of the the huge draws was like literally let's go unplug for a little bit um and just be present in this moment together you know yeah. and i think we're both blessed with really good friends and yeah. uh and and people that we really enjoy spending time with and you know, I always think of it as sitting around and playing guitar. Sometimes sitting around and playing guitar involves sitting around and talking for 55 minutes and then playing songs for five minutes and sitting around and talking for another 55, you know. That's right. It's, it's, it is that communion kind of uh, a feel as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I love the track. And I if, if, if after hearing this podcast, you want to listen to it more, if you want to download it, it is on ericstyles.bandcamp.com. Dot com. He brings these fine green, the bowels of the humans fail the Lord, he cried. Dark days are coming. So in about 2006, uh, we had met at a at a show in Indy. You had seen Bottle Rocket, and I was playing fiddle. And um, then I think things kind of got fuzzy for a while. And about five years later, after Bottle Rocket had kind of gone its way, um, I got invited with my solo project to come open up for a band that you had become connected to uh, with Rick Dodd another mutual friend and his band, the Dick Rods, which I think is such a cool name. And we were just <laughs> blown away by this larger than life character. Um, tell me about Rick Dodd and your experience with him and all that stuff. Yes. Well, I mean, Rick Dodd is famous. It's just the rest of the world hasn't quite figured that out yet. You know, he's it, mm -hmm. one of those people that is just, and, and to see him, play on stage is he's just commanding the, yeah. the the area you know and um and he he truly is just one of my favorite songwriters um and rick and i write in very different ways um he would probably uh well i don't know he might agree with this but uh i i find a thing that i like and then i 
beat that thing up until it's unrecognizable and not enjoyable anymore. And then I walk away from it and then I come back and I try to undo all the bad things that I did. And then I walk away from it. And then I, hmm. I, I tend to hate a song by the time it's done. Uh, Indiana <laughs> skies was actually a little bit different. It just sort of came to me, but, sure, um, sure. but, but usually just in the, like, I got to keep writing, you know, sort of mode. I'll, I'll tend to do that and I'll also just find a thing that I decide is precious and I can't mess with it. And I'm, I'm terrible at killing my darlings, you know? And, sure. um, and so it's, it, it can be this really struggle kind of thing to, to write a song. And, you know, of course, who I am as a human being is all completely hanging on whether this song is high quality oh, or not. And, no, you know, I, 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 I recognize that. that. In, I resonate yeah, with yeah. that. Whereas Rick will go for, you know, a drive to pick up milk and come back with three songs and they're all better than those songs that I've just beaten up on. He's just a, <laughs> a natural storyteller. The the way sure. that he talks is poetic as well. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, he's, you know, uh, he works a little blue sometimes, but, uh, he's, he's, yeah. uh, you know, he, um, he just has, he just has that gift that he just has that thing, you know, where it's just, yeah, he, he. Uh, he will sometimes talk to me about his writer's block, you know, uh, things. And then he'll be like, ah, but I did write these three songs and, you know, the last week. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah. So I hate him of course, uh, for that, but, um, but yeah, so we, we started playing together. Um, I mentioned I'm terrible with years, uh, but I would guess, eh, I'm not even going to guess late, you know, the late aughts, I think. Uh, yes, we, that's we right. Because I think it was 2011 when we played the show together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we probably would have gotten going about 2009 or so. Um, uh -huh. And uh, if, if you want to hear any Rick Dodd and the Dick Rods, uh, there's uh, an album called Tavern Songs uh, that is almost 10 years old now somehow uh but that's on spotify and all the all the yes. places that you can get music um but so that was a really interesting um creative process kind of thing as well so i, I rick does the majority of the writing um for that but i've written a couple and we've contributed uh to a couple different uh songs that are on there as well um and i find that actually really liberating to write for his voice you know, sure. it's, I, I like during that writing process I don't know if you do this one but I often think about like well what are those words going to sound like coming out of my mouth mm, <laughs> you know yeah, and like right and what what will people think about me if I use this turn of phrase that you know uh -huh. um overthinking is kind of a thing I like to do uh right. but but to write for somebody that is so confident uh on stage and you know that that has that gravitas and everything it just it's liberating it really frees up cool. a lot of that you let you let the precious go and just let the sure. song happen you know kind yes. of thing so yeah make sure that you follow the links that i've got in the in the show description to find uh where eric's projects are
recently, um, what I've been doing here in, in Melbourne um, is playing with a band called the Cornersmiths uh, cool. and doing some um, sharing the writing responsibilities, playing guitar um, in that band, different vocalist. Uh, so it's, a, it's got a very soulful female uh, vocalist uh, named Danny Raleigh. And we actually live do a version of Indiana Skies. Um, oh, cool. That is, is really fun to kind of, hear that coming from a different voice with a different accent and a sure. whole lot more range than I have uh, <laughs> to to belt it out. Um, Is there anything else that you might want to mention in this scenario? Anything? Just when you were talking about that sitting around watching the rain uh, line, you know, that, that it really, that one just sort of, like I said, it invokes this feeling. It also invokes this vision. And um, <laughs> I don't know if, if, you've had this, but like there was a front porch on the cabin and there's no gutter on that front porch. Right? Mm -hmm. And so when the rain comes down, you get the rain across sort of the field out in the front, but then you also get that like screen of yeah, water like that comes water. down with, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we'd have these sort of row of tiki torches, you know, out front uh, uh -huh. that I always intended to like put away when I was done with, but they never got put away. So they'd always just that, that thing of the tiki torches out there in the rain and watching this wall of water come down. And there's that feeling of like, ah, this is great. I'm so glad I'm here, but I should really go out there and get those tiki torches out there. I don't know. You know, like I should go out and get wet and, you know, like do the stuff that you have to do because it's a cabin and, you know, there's always something to maintain or do or whatever. Right. Um, but that, that just, that just invokes such to me, uh, like a visceral kind of a thing about just watching that happen. Um, and also being in, you know, having a big group at this place when it's raining outside in this little tiny cabin is you know, sure. that you kind of always would get these little jam sessions that would happen, these card games, these whatever, you know, like mm -hmm. of, of people who would rather be outside sitting around the fire, but, you know, um, but, but those are some of my favorite times as well. It's just, being confined in that space and, and, you know, spending time together, really. Yeah, it's beautiful. We should really make some plans to get out of this cave. I mean, Ugga, have you ever heard the sound of crashing waves? And Lord, we never ventured past the tree that blocks the sky. We just spend all our time killing stuff and trying not to die. There must be more. What are we even in this place for? You remember when Glore got fat and then shit out that little man? Who cried all day and couldn't hunt and we didn't understand but we just scratched our heads and grunted and went about our day but that got me asking questions that i don't know how to say it makes me furious that you all aren't a little bit more curious so i'm packing up my club and i'm taking some of this meat and i am heading to lay the ball of fire nightly goes to sleep and you can all or you can come along, but someday I'll be a legend and they'll put me in a song. I, the fate, my favorite song that I've ever written was for that one minute thing. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. To invoke Dan again, like so Dan has this quarterly songwriting yes. challenge kind of thing. New old distillery, because there was an old distillery. Yes, right? there I, was. Mm -hmm. When that deadline passes, I get stressed. I get really? like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta get this thing out there. And it really, I, I, I do that uh, with songwriting. I don't know why it just gets infused with this like, oh, this one's gonna be great, you know. And then uh -huh. as soon as I think this one's gonna be great. 
there's no way that one's going to be great because I'm trying to make it great, you know, and it's like, I'm not just letting it be a song. Um, so yeah. that, that deadline to me is huge. And then the, just the having a theme that yes. you need to kind of fit within is also huge to me. So I, like we did, I think of some of the, the one, well, there was a title swap. Um, yes. One. And people submitted titles and you just picked somebody else's title and wrote a and song, wrote a off, song the title. Of that, off that title. That was great. That, I loved that, that one. That was a lot like, of fun. Wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yes. That took so much of the heavy lifting out of the, out of the song to me. It was like, all right, well now I know what it's about and what it's called. Like yes. this thing writes itself. I think just from growing up, listening to these amazing songs and everything, I sure. always just thought lightning struck and that person w wrote that song a hundred percent from inspiration, you know, right, and right. you grow up and you realize that that's not the case and that there's a lot of like hard work involved and that your favorite songwriters write terrible songs over and over again. Sure. Uh, and that's how we do it. And that's, you know, that's how, <laughs> right. that's how it works. Um, and, and even with all of that kind of knowledge, I still feel like that lightning bolt is supposed to strike and I'm just supposed to effortlessly spit out this great song, you know? And, and mm -hmm. so to take out like the, Oh, what's the song going to be about? Or what, you know, what theme is it going to be? Or even there was one that was like songs that are one minute or less. I found that one yeah. just fantastic for writing. Cause it was like, all right, well, I'm not going to write Stairway to Heaven. Nobody can write Stairway to Heaven in one minute. So, <laughs> you know, exactly. like, I'm going to write a jingle and there's plenty of bad jingles out there. So I don't, I don't really mind. I've, I just found that really freed me up as well. Um, and okay. Because it yeah, won't take up that much time. It's just a minute. No, it won't. It won't. Uh, Glore is a, a one minute um, disaffected caveman epic. Uh, and yes. it's... <laughs> It's ridiculous, uh, but it just, to me, I was like, oh, okay, you can tell a story in a minute and you can pack a lot of stuff into that. And that's really, that's really fun to me, you know? And there's, there's nothing but fun to that, which I think is what, you know, I really enjoy about it. But Absolutely, but, yeah. absolutely. Um, being this far away from everybody, mm. it is so meaningful to hear the stuff that you write, to hear the stuff that Dan writes, that Rick writes, that everybody that, that, that contributes to that mm. writes um and it, it's 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 a lifeline i mean it really wow. is it's just okay. a, a real feeling of connection to me um and yeah I, I just get so excited when people post those things so if anybody's in the group and is listening to this and is going like ah oh, maybe i'll skip this one or whatever just know it's it's really meaningful to some of us uh to to hear those songs and and yeah it's it's a it's another line back home which is really nice cool Cool. And I will take the next deadline more seriously myself because I tend to procrastinate. Yeah. I think I preface <laughs> every post with, I'm sorry, this is half a year late, but here's my <laughs> entry for whatever it is. But that's the thing is it's just like, it's, it's the getting it down. It's not the getting it down by whatever time, you know, mm -hmm. like, I'll go back and listen to the old ones quite a bit. Sure. I don't know if they made the deadline or not. I just know that there's this song here that I get to listen to, you know? Cool. So. Well, I, I love that about you. I love that you're a, a lover of music and a supporter of your friend's music. And thank you for being my guest today, Eric. And uh, thank like you I so said, much for having me. yes, yes, you're very, very welcome. 
and uh, check out all the the tracks that have that we've posted. And I hope you enjoy Indiana Skies, everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast, everybody who's hearing this. If you'd like to help make this show a reality with a financial support, find the link in the show notes. And now, without interruption, here is Indiana Skies by Eric Stiles. Well, the bird's song and the locusts Seems to help me focus And give me a soft place to rest my brain Before it all became so hectic So digital and electric We used to sit around and watch the rain From a rocking chair on the front porch The raindrops bomb the tiki torch The wind carries the summer sand to us Could the ground get any wetter? grab a sweater but I want to keep this scene between us under those Indiana skies I readjust I realize nothing that was born ever can borrow. We'll watch this shrink to nothing in the mirror. But next time before we crack about face and head back to the place where all the colors seem so clear. I wouldn't bother to debate which part is choice and which is fate. They both conspire to bring us back again. From the ramble to the travel, off the asphalt on the gravel. From make a living to make pretend Under those Indiana skies I readjust, I realize Nothing that was born ever died theme song for A Song and a Friend is the song Special by Tom Adamson and the Texarkana 2. And I want to offer, as I always do, a huge thank you and shout out to Todd Bashong for creative and technical support. God bless and see you next time.